show by fans for fans. My name's Eric Morrow, Seattle Mariners baseball, everybody. Let's get started. That smile is back on Junior's face. Line drive, base hit to win it. Welcome to Casuals Corner, the show by fans, for fans. I'm Eric Morrow. I'm joined by, with my partner here today, Tyler Matsumoto. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Uh, we've got some stuff to talk about, Mariners, here. Uh, we've got two guests with us today. We've got Josh Grable. How are you, Josh? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to be here. We, we sure enjoyed having you as a guest there a couple of weeks ago, and that's kind of what this show is about, or at least that's the ideas I had about it. Just normal people with their opinions, with their knowledge, um, with their, you know, just thoughts on the team rather than strict professionals. You know, we do other jobs during the day, but we still love Seattle Mariners baseball. And on the line, I've got RC from Bleacher's Report. Raymond, how are you, bud? Good. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you for joining the show here tonight. Yep, yep, anytime. Well, we're going to dig right into it. Uh, I want to talk about Scott's service. I did a little bit of uh, research on him uh, earlier today. Not a lot. You guys know me. Uh, did you know he won a gold medal as an amateur in Seoul? He's a small-town guy. Kind of hard-nosed at baseball, but a romantic heart, as least that's what we've heard there. Um, he's an athlete. He was a football player in high school, carried over 1,500 yards as a fullback, uh, as and even as much as 320 in a game. He was recruited by Big Ten football teams. Uh, he was a second-round pick, number 48 for the Mets, and that's the same year as Randy Johnson got picked. $48,000 uh, signing bonus, which was really good bonus back in those days. He turned it down, went to college, uh, came back a couple years later, uh, third round pick. Uh, RC, tell me some of service's best decisions you've seen him make. Best decisions? Yes. <laughs> so... I mean, he, he's, I would probably give him, like, he's good at pitch hitting guys and choosing some in some spots, but he's, you know, he gets some some things wrong, so like that, but like, like, you know, putting Mike Ford in, you know, in Mike Ford, you know, you know coming up big in spots like that, he knows his analytics and stuff like that pretty well, so I'll give him some, you know, things like that. Well, then that leads me to uh, you, Josh. What are some of Scott Service's worst decisions? Uh, Sam Haggerty. Oh <laughs> no, that's besides the uh, Do you think he really picks the roster like that, though? No, I don't. I don't think he picks the roster like that. I think he is analytic-driven. I think that the guy, he does know baseball. I mean, I, I just I, – the his worst decision ever probably was putting Robbie Ray in the playoff game. I had the ball scored on. I mean, that's, that's an easy one. So that's, that's, that's what I got. 
the worst decision I see it is is um, not using Kirby last year in every spot that Ray was in was in. We could have had a much better chance of going to the World Series that year. Um, Tyler, what do you what do you think about some of Scott's uh, worst decisions and best decisions? Well, it's really hard for me to critique managers nowadays in 2023, positive or negatively. This isn't the days where a guy like Lou Pinella had a lot more control and power over the lineup and the pitching staff. I have a feeling that the Mariners are like many other teams in the major leagues where a lot of the moves are made ahead of time behind the numbers, behind the analytics, and whether you like it or not, I kind of think that's how they roll. I sometimes wish they would go a little bit more with the human element, but that's honestly just playing craps at that point. Overall, I think he's really good, but to me, what he's best at is I would kind of compare him to like a Pete Carroll, in my opinion, where just relating to the humans in the clubhouse is probably his strength and maybe in-game split-second decision-making might be just kind of average at best, but I think he's pretty good overall. Uh, I agree with with everybody here, um, and I want to keep this question going just a little bit longer. Uh, I would say that, Scott, I don't really like rocking the manager boat all the time, ladies and gentlemen. I, I just prefer some stability there. And I don't, maybe he is not the best person to ever put on a uniform as a manager, but he's been there for some time. He cares about the team, and uh, I believe he can get us over the hump. We'll see what the future holds. I wouldn't give him a whole lot longer leash. You know, if we're in fourth place next year in July, he need, probably needs to be replaced. But uh, I'm good with that. Uh, R.C., you're kind of known as as a guy who has some issues with Scott's decisions. Tell me some of his worst decisions. Well, like you already brought brought one of them up is the the Ray. Like we we had already a couple bullpen guys left in in that available in that situation when he brought Ray in last year in that in that game when there was I can't remember his name exactly. But like you, instead of bringing a guy in like Ray, that's very uncomfortable in a relief pitch situation and a starter situation. So like that's one of his worst ones. But like steal, uh, you know, sending a guy like the other night, the uh, bottom of the seventh, two outs, and you decide to steal, send a guy, you know, to steal second, you know, and it blew a chance of taking the lead that night so and we ended up losing that game so he does that a lot he's done that multiple games this year so you've got a lot of decision making issues with scott and and i've also heard you say that over his career he's only made the playoffs one year and you have some disappointments over his career and you question whether he should be here or not is that correct yeah uh basically like I hear a lot of people say like 90 win season is, is a win season, like a winning season. But like my, my, my opinion is getting to a, the playoffs is a winning season. That's why us Mariners fans has been 
upset for 20 years until last year. We finally made the playoffs. We a winning season. So like just 90, 90 wins is just a, a good season. It's not a winning season. It's we have you know it's a product you know a productive season, but not a winning season. That's why that curse was talked about for so long. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh, do you have any reply to some of those same questions or uh, any of the things that RC raised? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at the whole situation. Like, I think we've already talked about this on Bleacher Report, but like he inherited a roster that was built to make to contend and it kind of fell apart. They had to restart, rebuild. They uh, turned the corner about a year, two years early you know, when the uh, fun differential started. And that's like what makes me believe in him so much is like our record in one run ball games. That shows how good you can manage a bullpen, you know, and we have good frontline starters. Like he's just, he's got to manage and he's not the guy behind every decision, like still in, you know, second base. Some of those guys have a green light. Like that's not their the manager decision. They have like Julio's got a green light. I guarantee you, when he gets on first base, if it's a good situation to steal, you steal. You know, I I don't think that's all on him. I think that's probably Acta. He might be the one making that decision too. But you know, no one's perfect. I mean, if we were fans of the Texas Rangers, we probably at this point in the season would have wanted to fire Bruce Bochy too. So it's like it's just us being fans. I think Cervais is the right guy. I think. Uh, our team's going in the right direction. So that's my thoughts. Um, six and 14 in one run games is this year. So uh, we know that baseball returns to the means. How about you, Tyler? I know me and you kind of probably share a lot of the same ideas about uh, Scott service, uh, best decisions, worst decisions. It's been seven, eight years now. What do you say? I would like to touch on what RC was talking about there. And although I, I totally agree with their, you know, certain players get a green light. I'm with him that I feel that there is way too many situations late in the game where we're too willing to steal instead of trusting the batters behind to try to knock the said player in. I wish we would maybe be a little bit more situational about when we steal and look at the inning, how close we are and what kind of difference it would make having the runner go out or safe. I think he is really good for the most part with the bullpen. The one thing about pitching changes is you can make the right move and the guy can still not come through. And then the manager looks like a moron, but I would really, really like to see, the manager and the baseball ops take a little bit more control of the base running and pull on the reins just a little bit. Well, you know, they've got some clowns out there running the bases too. Uh, Cabby is 50-50 whether he's going to win you a game or lose you a game. Um, he's going to do something, though. He's going to do something to keep spotlight on him. Um, you know, this Haggerty stuff is more should be a should be a bottom ceiling uh floor um we need more depth but those aren't scott's job and scott's job is to really manage the team 
and make those critical decisions. And like you mentioned, Tyler, uh, sometimes you just can't win. You know, you flip the coin and you lost this time. Uh, you do what you think is best. Uh, the base run's been horrible. The defense has been pretty shabby in the beginning of the year. I'd like to see a much, much cleaner team. I want to see uh, Julio and Jared Kelnick kind of defense. We've seen a lot of it. Um, and then there's been a time or two where we haven't seen it here lately. Um, I'm kind of of the mind that I like the stability of Scott being around uh, because we, you know, we're, I'd rather take the path we're taking right now than to take some unknown path uh, because things are going right. And whether it takes two more years to see that, um, we'll find out. Also, I don't think that the, uh, I don't think the manager can do that much. I mean, he, everybody wants so-and-so to hit well, but you can sit and these guys don't get to this level without knowing their jobs or professionals. And, uh, you know, you can only teach a professional so much. And the teacher doesn't have the athletic skills that the professional does. So, you know, these guys need to do their jobs. If they, they go out there and fail at their job, how can Scott be responsible for that? Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at on that. Thank you guys for, uh, um, all commenting on that. I know Tyler, you've got a question too, don't you? Oh, I have a bunch of questions for these two fellas. I would like to uh, pick their brains on. My first question is extremely simple. Um, we'll start with you, Josh. Will the Mariners make the playoffs this year? Oh boy. Um, I think what's happening right now is hard to watch. I think it's good. I think they need to get punched in the mouth, honestly, and get a wake-up call because they got three huge – they're probably the biggest series in the history of the Mariners, like in my opinion, you know, because they got the they got the Rangers away, they got the Astros, and then the Rangers back at home. And, you know, this is what it's going to come down to. You know, we're going to see. I don't really have an answer for that. Do you have any thoughts, RC? I would, I would think so because I mean we're probably gonna get swept. I mean, I'm, we're probably gonna get swept by the Dodgers too, right? So, but we have a three-game series with the the A's coming up, and we should sweep them. So, and then like uh, Tyler just said, um, I think uh, I think Tyler, uh, we have the Texas and Houston series that are, I wouldn't say the biggest series because, you know, we had the 90 series, you know, all those series and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, I think, I mean, more than likely we will make the playoffs, but uh, the, the biggest problem for me with this team is we have, we don't have very much playoff experience. And that's why like, one of my biggest problems with surveys is he, he doesn't have any playoff experience at all as a manager or as a player at all. So he, he doesn't know how to teach these guys and, you know, when they get in a tough spot in the playoffs. And I think that's what was our biggest problem last year. So, you know, in, the, in that 18 inning game and whatnot, but like, I think we'll, I think we will make the playoffs. Like yeah, we, more than likely we will. We, I mean, we, the, with the Toronto tie, we hold the tie over them. So, like, I think unless we really, you know, crack the bed. So, but yeah. 
What do you think, Eric? Yeah, um, I'm kind of with both of you. We haven't been particularly lucky this year. I think we had a lot of luck last year. You know, if you, you talk about not making the playoffs or not having playoff experience, you know, you you got to go to the playoffs before you can get playoff experience is my thoughts. So last year's a good building block for that. And no matter what, that was a good deal. On the other hand, it seems like when we come to playing the four or five elite teams in, in major league baseball, we're just quite not quite good enough. And we always just end up on the short end of whatever stick by one bounce. And, uh, We've seen a lot of that. We need to be the ones that are. That's the difference between championship teams is is these games can be so close that you have to make the other team make a mistake or somehow grind out that win. So that's what I got to say about that. I like it, guys. I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that we will make the playoffs. We're still only a half game back of Toronto only one and a half back of Houston. The last six games are at home. Getting Oakland starting tomorrow night will be critical. But I just I just like it that the the fact is is that we hold the season in our own hands and the last nine games we're either gonna make it or not and I think we'll do well enough to push in. Now, I have a little more nuanced of a question for you guys, and I feel that this is where I disagree with the lineup recently, but we'll start with the URC. With Kellenic coming back, there's an odd man or two out of the starting lineup. Which four players do you want in the outfield and DH spots on a regular basis down the home stretch? I would like to see Teoscar more in the DH spot. Uh, I, I mean, he he hits he hits a lot better. And then I, I would have liked like to see Marlowe in the lineup, like not not get sent down. But that's neither here nor there. It's in the past. But like Kelnick's going to be out there no matter what. Like he he needs to get the rust knocked off of him a little bit. That's maybe why he's playing a little a little. Uh, you know, bad lately, but, uh, you know, and then Julio in center and then right field probably can zone, but, uh, I, I, I like can zone a little bit. He got a little clutch to him, you know, he had a, you know, but, uh, but I don't know. I, I like, I like the idea of Tiasco in the, in the DH spot. It gives us, it gives us more of a better DH than the whole rotation, the rotating DH idea. I don't really, I'm not a big fan of that. I don't know about you guys about the rotating DH because it's either like Moore or Haggerty or Ford or somebody else. But like, and then it allows T.O. just to swing for power or swing for, you know, you know, the fences more the idea. So I don't know. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I I agree. Um, Marlo was kind of the odd man out. Obviously, Julio's going to be there. Teoscar. Teoscar's got a great arm, though. People don't realize that. Like, his defensive value is actually way higher than I thought it was going to be when I was, like, checking stats on, like, baseball savant. Uh, surprisingly, 
I am kind of growing into liking the rotating the DH spot because it gives guys a chance to rest. And you got four guys in the outfield, three lefties and two righties. Julio's going to play every day no matter what. But then you can kind of platoon guys, you know, and then there might be a game where we're facing a tough righty and you want to give Teoscar a day off. Then Mike Ford can DH. I like Mike Ford. I think he comes up big when he's when he's counted on. So, but I like that rotation of uh, J.K. Julio, uh, Teo, and Canzone. Uh, Any thoughts, Eric? Yeah, you know, um, Teo does have a, a really good arm for right field. I like seeing J.K. in right field also. Um, so you know, maybe. Maybe Teo gets twice as many DH days as as some of the others, so maybe it's a hybrid um, situation or like that. I would say I think you've got the right four outfielders. Uh, Marlo was just striking out at an alarming rate, not quite ready, and uh, he can go back down and and study his craft some more. And uh, he was kind of an interesting player, and he did come through a little bit for us. So. Um, I'd like to see the Haggerty's, uh, if you want keep my Ford, I, I get it. Um, but you know, some of that, you don't mind if I ask a question, do you Tyler? No, I just want to push back a little bit on all three while I totally understand your guys's points. Cause they're all very good and valid and solid. I'm actually big on the Mike Ford trade right now. I, I'm hitching my wagon to him. He might only be hitting 225, but that's with 16 homers and an 805 OPS. And it basically comes down to me is, do I think we need the extra range in right field or the better hitter at the plate? Now with Ford, I would definitely bench him against lefty starters, put Teo at DH. But if there's a righty starter in there, I want Ford and Teo. Just in my opinion, I think our lineup needs whatever extra thump we can get right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, You know, um, RC, I want to kind of get to the crux of the matter while we got Josh here. We've got about 20 more minutes. Uh, he's got some commitments this afternoon that must be kept. Um, I, I really want to get into why I keep seeing you say that fire service consistently, and I want to know why. It's just become a thing pretty much like since last year like and it like kind of like i i mean i i honestly thought survey should have been fired maybe two or three years ago maybe like because like like he's been our manager for eight years now seven years now and like he he has as a manager has not really improved like he's really just done the same thing like and then when he's got to the playoffs he really like just mismanaged the bull uh, pitching mismanaged the bullpen by bringing like ray in and stuff like that and then he does the the base stealing stuff and like he he's never really learned from his his mistake and that's why i, I suggest like Madden as a replacement or AJ Hinch because they have those that playoff experience and stuff like that. So I know AJ Hinch isn't popular with the Mar Mariners fans, but like he still oh, is a world world series winning coach. So it's manager. So like like it's he's 
and he he's pretty much best friends with Depoto, and that's how he's got the job. And it was just like that. Like when is when is Depoto gonna realize he's not the guy for the job, and he's just a friend? Like you know, like I don't know. So Josh, Josh, are they are Depoto and Service married at the hip, and where one goes, the other goes? Um, and do you have anything to say about RC's comments there? Well. I mean, first of all, AJ Hinch is a coach for the Detroit Tigers, so we can't really get him. Um, and Cervais, I mean, with what he's been given, I think he's done a very good job. In 2021, that year, we we were fighting for a playoff spot, you know, all the way up until the end. And for the first three months of the year, he had we basically had half a triple A team playing. Like the guy does the best with what he has. Yes, he's made questionable decisions in the playoffs, like with Robbie Ray. You know, here's a bullpen guy. You know, sometimes it's like it just doesn't work out. But you know, if it would have worked out, we wouldn't have been saying this at all. You know, Robbie Ray in that situation against Jordan, that was like actually at that time I thought it was a good decision until Jordan hit a home run off of him because because. Robbie Ray's a high intensity guy. You want a high intensity guy in that leverage spot, you know, and it just didn't work out. And if it would have worked out, it wouldn't be a big deal. But, you know, I think Cervais has improved every year. I think he's, he manages a team. Well, he's a, you know, he's a people's guy. I, and I know that him and him and uh, DePoto played together. I wouldn't say they're attached to the hip, you know, and we don't know what goes on behind closed doors either. You know, Uh, that's, it's hard to say, but, I just don't I, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like we're improved. We're a playoff caliber team now, something we haven't had in 20 years. Like, you know, I don't want to lose that. Uh, RC, how are you going to let Scott go? Are you going to let him go right now in the season? What if we went on a losing streak and lost a bunch of games? Would we let him go right there before? Probably not at this point in the season, but you know, if we're in June and in June and still stinking it up, like we have the last two years, when and how do you would you let him go? So if we don't make the playoffs this year, I think we we have to let him go. Like it's just like because we we should make the playoffs. Like we 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 played really well this back half of this and put put ourselves in the position to make the playoffs with the, the with the August and whatnot. And if we, you know, he he should keep the team in this position because he's to you guys the good a good manager and and keep him and beat these beat Oakland beat we should we should win a game with the Dodgers I mean if we're a good team and we have a good manager and whatnot and beat the, you know at least win you know win series you know uh, th- uh, through the rest of this month but if we you know I would fire him right after the season's over if we don't make the playoffs because we he's he's had eight years like if you look at all the other managers for the past you know eight years and whatnot and look how how many years they had and when did they get fired they've had like four or five years this dude had and he's got losing seasons through those years so it's just like right 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 but there's some context to that isn't there tyler I mean, has the guy failed for eight years, or is there some context there? No, he obviously hasn't failed for eight straight years. 
I can understand the frustration from fans. I still think he's done a pretty good job overall. You know I'm a service fan for the most part. I just want to add a little context and history though, and that if you look back at any MLB team that has gone through a total rebuild, which the Mariners once did when they got rid of the Cruz and Cano era, that the rebuilding manager basically never sees it to the end of the project, and there's always got to be a fall man whether he deserves to go or he doesn't and so I honestly wouldn't be shocked if that did happen and a little more context though is I believe this is DePoto's second GM job is first with Anaheim and just to save his own job there might be a point in the future where he needs to let go of service just to keep his own job because you don't see many baseball ops executives get a third chance at baseball GM so he might have to just do it to save his own bacon at some point but I mean we're this late in the season I would never fire any coach this late let's see how it plays out what if we do fall apart down the stretch maybe we got to consider it um I just want to touch on what RC said really quickly uh, when we were texting, you guys know I've been a big fan of Joey Cora to finally get a chance. And it's not just the homer and the second baseman in me. He's been a bench coach and third base coach for 10 or 13 years now in the bigs. He's bilingual. He is liked across the league. But he actually might be more of a rebuilding manager. I never thought about the aspect of how much actual playoff experience you have. Uh, as the captain of the ship. So I, I, I like that point, RC. That made me think a little bit. I love Jerry Cohn too. So I would, if we were like maybe three or four years ago, I would, I would, and he had that experience. I would, I would fire, uh, hire him too. So I love Jerry. So, um, uh, Josh, how long a leash does Scott service have with you? We fall apart this season and you know lose like six out of nine i would consider it next season if we go you know on if we fall apart and we're like 10 15 games under 500 i'm thinking it's time to make a change yeah i'm there with you if, if it comes to july i really don't want to see another year where we just suck for half a year and then get better and start winning i'd really like to see some consistency i'd like to see you know, this team maturing one more year. And that's what I mean by context, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you know that we come in here. I started listening to Mariners baseball again in 2016. And uh, just so happened when Jerry signed up too. And let's face it, those teams were played pretty decent for Seattle. And there was a couple of years they almost made the playoffs out of three, but they didn't. And uh, they were aging. So they tried to go all in with a modest budget in those years, 16, 17, and uh, maybe 15. Hernandez was on his way down. Um, we had one season where the, we lost six starters or something back then. And uh, th that team didn't make it. It aged out. Let's clean house. You've got 2018, 2019. Oh, what happened in 2020? I don't care what you think about it. There was a delay in baseball that uh, that 
caused all minor leagues to miss most of the year, all of the year, and all major leaguers to play only 60 games. Uh, right in the middle of a very important year for rebuilding. Uh, 21 came out pretty good. Mitch Hanniger's last year, Seeger's last year, uh, you know, uh, between the two of them, 60, almost 70 home runs. Uh, didn't make the playoffs. Uh, we did make the playoffs last year, and we really made a deep run. Um, the only way you can get playoff experience is by playing in the playoffs. And with a new team, the context that I'm trying to say to you is it takes a little bit for these guys to mature. I think we, if we could get ownership to open up their wallet and let Jerry make the decisions he needs to make, I think we can definitely uh, – uh, make a take a shot at a at a world series uh chip uh so that's what i got to say about that um tyler did you have some more questions oh you know i do i i always <laughs> think of some questions when you have some great guests on so josh how about you lead off here and then toss it to rc on the on deck circle but the Mariners are 6 and 13 in extra innings ball games this year. They've been really good in those type of games in the last couple. But my question is, why do you think the Mariners are so bad in extra innings games this season? I just think, you know, early in the season, Muni and Brash weren't pitching like they did at the end of last year. And I, you know, there has been some very questionable calls base running wise I don't know how many games we've lost just by base running alone but I'm sure it's probably five or six I not not like uh extra inning games but I just if the base running or the, not the base running the extra inning games are just I don't know man because they put guys at second base now and it's like you know the the, the game is not the same as it used to be people are not bunting people over I just I think that sometimes you're just gonna have to bite the bullet and do it you know like they should have done it last night with jp but i don't know i it's just it can go either way you know we're not i think what eric said we're just kind of normalizing back to the mean can't be that good in one 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 ball games that that for that long so i really don't know i just think maybe the bullpen's not as good as it was a year before or you know, guys aren't pitching up to their potential like Muni and Brash. Brash has actually came on strong lately, and so is uh, Muni. I think that's probably why our uh, extra innings record has improved a little bit, but I really don't know exactly what's going on behind that. What do you think, RC? I probably have to agree with you with what you said. The, the bullpen's just not as deep like Spear, Campbell, and Thornton. There, you know, but like, and we we use up, you know, Brash and uh, and M Munoz uh, in the early innings there, and then we leave ourselves dry in the, in the extra innings. And then, like, the second base thing, like, I think that, like you said, really changed the, changed the game lately. And it's just like, and the and we don't we don't bunt. And I think that, I mean, you have somebody on second starting that, that off, just bunt, bunt them over, and then you have someone like on third with just with one out, and then you just need a, a single to, you know, score a run you know and we don't you know we don't ever bunt in you know in this game and that's you know comes comes down to the manager or you, you want to uh, blame the uh, depoto on that 
but yeah, like it's it's you know like it's it's when it comes down to extra innings, it's mainly ma a managing thing and a clutch thing. Like if you know we don't we don't have you know we're young, so they're not very clutch, I guess. Other than Julio, I mean, like come on, and Tiosco, Tiosker. So I mean, it, it just you know comes up to you know uh, like uh, Eric said. It's just you know if you, you just gotta be in the playoffs to you know, to have playoff experience, you gotta be in clutch moments to be clutch. So, and we just just haven't had that experience, you know, with J.K. and you know, um, you know France and Cal and all those guys, and then like our bullpen, like it's. Campbell, Thornton, and Spire, or however you pronounce his last name, like it's they just haven't been pitching. They just been getting shelled lately, and like it's just, I, like I think we just need to bring up, you know, maybe a couple of our young guys like Barrera and you know, maybe Adcock or something. I don't know how ready he is, but like they throw some, they throw some fire. So like, I don't know. So like, yeah. I got, I got one more thing too, actually, that I just thought of, like the people forget, you know, we have Ray and, uh, and, uh, Marco on the DL all season long. So I wonder how much that has affected the bullpen. Cause the young guys obviously aren't able to go as long. I wonder if they've just gotten taxed throughout the season, you know, because like there has been moments like Spire was like pitching great. Popa is pitching great, and then Muni and Brash weren't. You know, they were kind of picking each other up a little bit, but I just wonder how much extra their pitching has affected them. And, you know, the game is analytic-driven, and I, I I hate it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I can't stand it, but you, you pretty much have to accept it because that's how it's going to be. That's, like, that's my thoughts on it. I just want to jump in really quick, Josh, to back you up there. I can't even remember the topic, but I looked it up for last week's episode. And combined, Ray and Marco pitched over 372 innings together last season. Nobody can tell me that doesn't make a difference when it comes to saving your bullpen. And it, I think to all of us, it looks like they might be running on fumes right now. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. I I actually came to me like we were talking like ten minutes ago, and I was like, "Holy crap!" But I think yeah, that's that's huge because I bet you combined Wu and Miller have what gone maybe like 120 innings combined, and you've lost you know Ray and Marco. People can say what they want about Marco, but that guy just he does what you need him to do. That, that's all I got. Any thoughts on the extra innings woes, Eric? No, I, I think we're coming back to the mean. We do need to know how to bunt over, um, you know. So there are some holes in here. We don't have any depth, uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, I want to jump in then really quick because I wanted to hear from all of you first. But I wrote down three team hitting stats that to me are a microcosm of the extra innings problems. And it's all about they give you a free runner on second base. You absolutely have to get that guy home once you're in the 10th inning or later. But as a whole, the Mariners have the second most runners left in scoring position per game. And this is for major league rankings, not just AL. We have struck out the second most times in baseball. 
obviously. If you strike out, you're unable to move the runner over, whether it's even a grounder to the second baseman. And then we are also fifth most in major leagues and left on base per game. It just screams to me we're not a good situational hitting team. And when you get into these late innings, we saw the Dodgers last night. Was it Muncie barely nicked the ball? But I saw on that same pitch, I think it was two nights ago, JP and Kelnick swung and were three feet from the ball. Muncie is able to just nick it enough, drop it into center field. They get two runs. So that's my two cents. You know, I guess what I keep digging at is, is there's been some controversy over the fire service stuff um, on, on Bleacher Report, you know, and, and I was talking with Josh earlier. It's not always easy to get context across um, on Bleacher Report. Josh, do you have any questions or or any comments to make to RC and, and RC after that? I mean, sounds like you guys get along pretty good. Yeah, I just, I mean, half the time, I don't, I don't know if RC is being serious or not, but it's just be kind of became just a kind of a game because it's like an everyday thing. So it's kind of just laughable. I always tell them like, if I see it, I'm like, Oh, at least you're consistent or something like that. But um, I, for me, it's just hard not to like Surveyus because they, they put him in and they made him like rebuild a team and like, basically gave him you know like i said in like 2021 a triple a lineup for the most part and then i just i think we got to give surveyus his chance he took us to the playoffs last year we won a playoff series you know and like i said like if he falls apart or if our team falls apart at the end yeah maybe it's time to like cut cut our losses next season if we get down again and don't start out you know we're start out and just playing 500 baseball forever like that's going to be like a no-go for me too so I don't know. What do you think, RC? I think we've already given him his chance for like seven years. So, like the fire service thing is, it, it began as a serious thing last year. Like, but we made the playoffs, so I had to shut up for a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then the season started again. And then, like, and then a weird thing with Surveyus, I don't know. Like, I haven't really looked at the stats, but I know he's like. He's done it two years in a row now. I think maybe four years, like like four years. He's we've gone the the beginning of the season. He's like went under five hundred. So it's just like he has this thing about he can't get like started fast. Like he 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 starts slow every season. So it's it's a weird thing he has, and he hasn't realized it or fixed it, or maybe it's just he hasn't figured out how to get the players you know going. But like, but yeah, like the, yeah, I mean, like, well, you know, there's a lot of you know trolls on Bleacher Report and whatnot. Like, and I don't, I'm, it's not necessarily a troll by me, but it's kind of is. But like, I'm, it's a serious thing. I, 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 I would like to get rid of fire uh, the service, so I don't have to do the fire service thing. <laughs> <laughs> At, at this point, it's kind of become like the same thing as like the Met or the the Nat series thing. You know, it's just. It's it's gonna live. It's it's gonna live forever, at least until he's gone. So <laughs> yeah. it is what you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, and I, no nobody's right, nobody's wrong, kind of thing. So that's why I just don't I don't invest as much as I used to into the game, into the Mariners, because if I did, I'd drive myself crazy. Because yes, the starting out in the season, like I cannot make that make sense. How are we a 500 baseball team with 
literally probably the best pitching staff in baseball, the best young under, well, not, not, I mean, one of the best on under 20, 25 year, year old players, like you got pieces everywhere. Like I just can't figure it out and it drives me nuts. And the only way that I can keep saying is just to not invest so much into it. Yeah, I'll watch the games, but I cannot like get that invested emotionally or I'm just going to drive myself crazy. So that's how I handle it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this has been a great conversation guys. And I want to keep true to my schedule uh, for Josh so that he can get to work. And uh, I appreciate everybody's comments tonight. Tyler, I appreciate your stats and questions. Uh, thank you so much for uh, that. We're going to do a separate segment on how they've been playing here recently. Uh, RC, I wanted to uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, I got the impression that uh, you've got a lot to say, um, but sometimes when I see it on Bleacher Report after a terrible, terrible loss. When I see it, I go, <laughs> when I see your, yeah, when I see your fire service deal. Thank you, buddy, for coming on today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And, and Josh, of course, you know, uh, um, thank you for coming on and giving us another side of the, to the game. Um, uh, your wealth of knowledge. We really appreciate your time, buddy. Yep, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. You're going to some games here pretty soon, aren't you, Josh? I'm going to try. I'm going to try to talk to the boss, the one that wears the pants and the relationship to let us go the last week of the season. So we'll see. I'll let you guys know if I do. Thank you. And RC, uh, you go to a few games too, don't you, buddy? Yeah, I just actually got back. For, I was the, uh, at the, Dod the first Dodgers game, and then I'll probably be at the – the 30th game or September 30th. So the, I think that's the Texas game. So. Excellent. Excellent. I know, um, I know Josh makes a Josh and his lady make a big commitment to coming to town. Uh, Tyler, have you got to see any games this year? Yeah, we went to, we've actually only been to one this year. So that's kind of disappointing, but the Cardinals spanked us earlier in the year when my wife and I went to the ballpark. Well, thank you all uh, fans for uh, showing up and, and showing out the best we can. Let's support this team. Let's get it over the hump. Uh, let's see what happens this year. Next year, I'm really looking for some things to happen or I'm going to start having questions. Tyler, what happened this week? Well, we were pretty solid versus Anaheim, as we should be. But the Dodgers kind of made us look like the little, little brother in this series, I would say. On the week, 2-4, and four, swept by the Dodgers at home. And each individual game got even worse, losing 6-3, 6-2, In the six games we played this week, we were a 22-28 run differential, which is minus six. But one of those games was an 8-0 drilling of the Angels. So it's even closer game to game than it probably should be without that one whooping we put on them. The good news with all of this losing is we're still only one game back at Texas for the last wild card spot. And we're still only two and a half back at Houston for the AL West lead. But man, we have what four series left and have to get it going right now, Eric. 
Yeah, they're not real easy series. You've got Oakland coming up, and then you've got the Rangers, the Astros, and the Rangers. We haven't played the Rangers well this year. Uh, but uh, anybody sits back and says, oh, this team's not going to make it, or, oh, this team, I don't think anybody at this point saying this team's a lock to make it. But anybody who's sitting there saying that, uh, oh, you know, we're not going to make it, it, there's no way it's ever going to happen, just be quiet because um, the future's right in front of the M's. All they have to do is win these games. Um, and you would think that... You know, you've got Texas and Toronto. One of those two teams is going to be the odd man out, hopefully. What do you say, Tyler? Yeah, I would sure hope it's one of them. And let's be honest here, Eric. What do we have? Seven games versus Texas in the last four series? There's a really good chance it's either Texas or Seattle that makes it in. I sure, sure hope we could scratch up to the AL West lead, but once again, we're back in that position where we just have to scratch and claw for any possible playoff spot that's left for us. I can't state this enough, uh, ladies and gentlemen. you just got to watch. There's no telling. Anybody who tells you how it's going to turn out is lying. They don't know. Um, we'll see how that turns out, but it's been disappointing. Let's take a look at it. Beginning of the month, we've got a loss to the Mets. We've lost a series to the Mets. We lost a series to the Reds. We lost a series to the Rays. We did pick up a series against the Angels, and we were swept today. So that is uh, one, two, three, three straight series, and four out of five we've lost. Uh, is it a meltdown of everything? Is the team tired? Other teams are tired, too. Um, other teams are hurt too. Um, I, you know, this team just isn't quite built for championship. In my opinion, that doesn't mean we won't get lucky and get in there or get hot and get in there. Uh, but I, I think they need to spend a few more dollars to, uh, to be looking like the, uh, um, to be looking like the Dodgers or like the uh, Braves. What do you say, Tyler? Yeah, I completely agree, and you know my stance that I'm not the type of person that gets too angry about the money spent or not, just because I realize this is going to be a mid-market team, but I believe we're 18th or 19th in league payroll this year, and the fan base, the team, the players, the front office, they deserve ownership to at least creep up to at least around 10th. I feel that this team should at least be in the top third rather than in the bottom half. So we've talked at nauseum since we started this podcast about surrounding more bats at the plate. I went in-depth about how when Julio, JP, and Teo are hitting well, the team plays well. And during this last week where we were, what, 2-4? and four? Julio, 385. Ty actually came through at 381, but not a lot of slug there. And JP at 259. Mike Ford at 308, but every other hitter is in the low 200s, if not worse. We have to get more production up and down the lineup to really compete with the best of the best. And that's part of the reason we got swept by the Dodgers. And maybe this is exactly what you're talking about, Eric, 
looking into the offseason, spending some money for some quality studs, if not stars, to really get the sign up to where we need to be to compete with the very best. Yeah, we, we certainly don't want to fill a bunch of holes with good enough guys. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. The bench depth is not there. Um, you know, we're looking at guys like Haggerty and do other teams play with, I guess, you know, you got the Dodgers using Colton Wong against us. So there you go. Um, these, but the bench depth for us seems terrible. Uh, you've got to just watch ladies and gentlemen. That's all that I can tell you. Let's get on a winning streak. Cause the last 10 were terrible three and seven. We've lost four out of the last five series. Three against Oakland coming up, and then bring on the Rangers, bring on those Texas teams, and that'll take us to the finish and let us know whether we're playing October baseball or not. What do you say? Absolutely. And it starts tomorrow night at Oakland. You absolutely have to get two of three, and I hope for a sweep. They're already over 100 losses. We have to get them if we want any chance to finish strong down the stretch and make one of the last playoff spots. I just wanted to dive in a little bit into the two series this week, Eric, and I know how big you are on fielding as well as I am. We only had two errors this week. That's not the issue. So then I'm wondering a little a little bit, well, what is really killing us? Well, all year we know the Mariners' Achilles heel is scoring with runners on base. So we won the series 2-1 to one versus the Angels, and we were actually pretty effective and pretty efficient in our 2-1 to one series win versus Anaheim. We left 6 on base per game with a 414 average with runners in scoring position. That will win you series nearly every time. Now, we play the much better team from Los Angeles, and they kind of showed us why they have had such a successful run this last decade plus. So in each game versus the Dodgers, we left 10 runners on base in each of those games. With runners in scoring position, we hit a weak, weak 121. And the bottom line is we've tracked this since we got together, Eric. When we get runners home at a somewhat efficient rate, we win ball games. But man, we leave so much meat on the bone in so many games. It's it's hard to beat these elite teams when you're leaving opportunities out there. And it gets harder to hit uh, elite teams pitching. Uh, most elite teams have great pitching. And, you know, that keeping the bases loaded and keeping the score at no more than it is at the moment, let's say if it's 0-0, zero, zero, uh, the bases are loaded with no outs. If you can keep the score still 0-0, zero, zero, that's your last before break glass. You're going to score runs uh, opportunities. So, you know, as you get to better teams pitching, you're going to find that even that last opportunity the pitcher has against you, he has an advantage. Um, we, I'd have to say we've done better this year hitting with bases loaded, much better than we've done last year. Uh, what we're missing is we're missing some luck because uh, we spent a lot last year. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, bases loaded, but, you know, that's the difference between a team that's hot and a team that's not. 
And uh, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. So um, we won a lot of games. Baseball usually drags everything back to the mean. It may take its own time to get there, but just like our 6-14 and 14 record in one-run games this year, it works itself back to the mean, um, the medium, and, uh, you know, there might be some advantage here or there. That's really where your jewels are going to be found. Um, I, I hope that the team turns around. You know, you brought up France. He's only hitting singles. Um, he should be really stretching out doubles on some of these singles, but everybody knows he's so slow. And, you know, I mean, so that's what you're getting there out of him. That's why you're not getting a slug. Um what else you got for us? You got any, uh, any special topics or anything for us today, Tyler? Yeah, I I was going to kind of save that because we dove so much into our questions with our buddies uh, for this episode. I've basically only said negative stats so far because it was a really rough week. I just want to touch on a few positives, especially in a playoff scenario Bryce Miller literally went toe-to-toe, no runs-to-no runs with future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. That must be great for Miller's confidence that he can go against the best of the best in a pitching matchup, keep his team steady Eddie, and we easily had a chance to win that ball game. Luis Castillo, La Piedra, The Rock. He was The Rock again for us. We can almost always count on him. And Brian Wu was absolutely fantastic earlier in the week with, I believe, eight strikeouts and no earned runs. So we we come back to this all the time, though. For the most part, our pitching has been really, really good, if not great. The starters especially, it feels like the bullpen guys might be wearing down, but as we've talked about, we're missing innings from a couple of our key starters, and maybe a couple of these bullpen guys are in a little higher leverage situations than you would like. But it's baseball. We have four series left. There's still plenty of time to turn it right back around and make a final push down the stretch. Oh, yeah. And I mean, if winning's so easy, how come Houston and Texas have been having such a hard problem with it? Houston uh, losing to uh, the Royals a season or a a series, and they also lost to the A's a series. So, All right, Eric, with the new playoff format, you know how I feel about trying to earn a first-round bye. Do you think the Mariners have any chance of making the World Series if we do not earn that first-round bye? Yeah, of course you do. All you have to do is win the games that are required to get there. Um, it's as simple as that. And as every every time you still have that opportunity, it's still possible. Um, yeah, sometimes things in baseball just get out of hand, and it's like, no, that ain't never going to happen. And it don't. But baseball shows us things every day, the unexpected all the time. So that's where I'm at. Um Obviously, you want the easiest way to get to the World Series, but uh, take whatever road is, is presented to the team. That That's a good point. I think I might look at it a little more rigidly, a little more black and white, but that, that is a good point, especially because in the playoffs, we've seen all sorts of unsung heroes from the mound and from the play and in the field come up huge 
to change the tides of championships. Since I just said that, Eric, for the Mariners this season, do you have any favorite unsung heroes from the ball club this year? Well, let's see. I'm certainly not cabby. i tell you who it is. Um, I mean, because I look at it this way. Gino's kind of playing defense to what do I expect him to. Uh, his bat's a little behind this year. His defense is a little ahead this year. Um, JP is giving us a much better season. But I think this is the kind of season we really want and expect from JP other than last year. He's doing expected. Um, who's doing something that's not ex that was not expected on this team or wasn't proven? Well, it certainly wasn't Colton Wong. Um, but you could look at a guy like uh, Dominic Canzone, and you could uh, Mr. Rojas, who is our new uh, second baseman, um, looks pretty decent too. His defense looks real decent. He looks like a real MLB player uh, compared to those other two fellows I mentioned. He uh, His bat has been, at least when everybody else's bat was was hot, his bat was hot too. So I would say those two new guys that we brought in have been the biggest surprise, a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I've said this a hundred times. I was the Rojas hater when we traded for him. But if you look at basic stats or advanced analytics, it didn't seem like he was any good. And this is where true scouting in an actual baseball operations office truly matters they saw something in him that was beyond the numbers and he's played way better than any of his career hitting statistics would suggest so the mariners baseball ops saw something that even the diamondbacks didn't heck i would just add to me bryce miller and brian Wu kind of saved the season to a certain extent we had so many injuries to the pitching staff we both know, Eric, you don't know how a rookie is going to come out and perform. Even if they end up having a fantastic, a fantastic career, sometimes you struggle out of the gates. I still remember watching Wu's first start, and Texas absolutely crushed him. I was thinking, oh boy, is this guy ready? He showed great mental toughness, turned it around, and has been a key contributor. So I just was so happy with those two rookie starters this year. Yeah, yeah. When you think pitching, then you you definitely want to look around uh, to those guys. They've been a pleasant surprise. Um, really lucky and fortunate to have guys coming up like that. It's too bad that we have to put so much uh, uh, responsibility on them, but uh, that's the way it goes. So they've, uh, they've manned up and done a great job or a reasonably good job, uh, you know, all year. So uh, hats off to them. For the, for the great work there. Uh, again, Castillo's been kind of what I expect. Kirby's been a little bit less than I expect, and it seems like Gilbert's been just a hair more than I expect. Um, but we'll see how that balances out. Yeah, and we obviously need every one of our starters to give as good, if not their best performances as possible coming down the stretch. I still hold out hope and some confidence. We just really have to put it together. And it's so funny, too, Eric, because when you talk about baseball, 
almost the whole season. We have time. We have time. Don't overreact. Well, what do we have now? What, 13 more games left? So all of a sudden, the marathon has turned into a sprint. And like you said, if you can't watch, you got to listen. And it's just going to be a really fun, intense, and stressful run down the uh, stretch. But hey, it's a lot better than being out of it since August. So let's have fun with it. Yeah, I mean... We should be used to it. If we're going to make the playoffs, it's going to be by a small amount. That's how it's always happened for us. Um, We hope to change that in the future and dominate the division in the future. But for now, that's where we're at. So if we can get in, uh, it'll be great. If we could play like we did in August in in the playoffs, well, then you probably have an opportunity to go to the World Series. you just got to watch folks. We, you know, it's not like Texas and Houston's been playing great either. They're both tired. Also, all teams are tired. Uh, but these national league couple of teams, they look really tough and, uh, we'll just have to see if the AL in general has anything for the Dodgers or the uh, Braves. Uh, and I'm probably forgetting some people, um, but Seattle's looked pretty small against the Orioles and the, and the uh, Rays this year also. So, that's what I got to say about that, as Slingblade would say. It'll it'll be fun, interesting, and intense. And you're right. It maybe we are who we are, but hey, what are we? Fourteen games above five hundred right now. Any year we're playing like that, I'm normally really happy. I guess I just kind of came back down to earth because of the amazing August and such a lackluster September so far. Yeah, and a lot of it just has to do with the competition. So, you know, thank goodness we've won the games we need to win. Uh, as you see the camp competition ramp up, you see the losses build also. That doesn't mean we're going to walk into the A's. It doesn't mean we're going to win anything. But, you know, it's like musical chairs at this point. You've got a couple teams that pretty much have their own chair already. Then you got these other other teams that are all surrounding these four or five chairs and you got six or seven uh, people walking around knowing that the music's going to stop and they got to be on one of those chairs to be in the playoffs. So let's hope that the Mariners are, are one of those teams and we'll see uh, maybe uh, Toronto uh, uh, still standing when it's all said and done or not standing when it's all said and done, or maybe we'll see uh, another team from the AL East or, or somewhere. So We'll just have to see what happens, folks. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great time of year. It's a great season. We want to thank the Mariners for giving us at least a team to root for. At least we have something to do in in September. Uh, Tyler, I've had a great episode. We want everybody to check out the socials. Um, It's pretty much at Casuals Corner with Eric Morrow. And uh, look for the uh, Trident logo and uh, Seattle Mariners baseball, everybody. My co-host is Tyler Matsumoto. Tyler, I've had a great time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate it, my friend. Well, thank you all uh, fans for uh, showing up and, and showing out the best we can. Let's support this team. Let's get it over the hump. Uh, let's see what happens this year. Next year, I'm really looking for some things to happen or I'm going to start having questions. This has been Casuals Corner. My name's Eric Morrow. My co-host, Tyler Matsumoto. 
with our friends Josh and RC checking out. Have a good day. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.